106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Our lady of blessed acceleration, don't fail me now. It's time for Drive Radio, presented by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Whether you need help diagnosing a problem. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Or just want to learn about all things automotive. Hey, how exactly does a positive track rear on a Plymouth work? It just does. Then you've come to the right place. So start your engines, buckle up, and get ready to ride. Drive Radio starts now on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining me today. I do appreciate it very much. No guests today. Dennis had some things he needed to go do, and we did enough changing around last week with me being gone that I asked a couple of guys to come in that were busy that, uh, you know, it just sort of is what it is. So uh, please call in. Any questions you've got, here to answer them. Larry Unger here with me answering phones today. Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Don't forget the text line also open, 307 307- 200 Give us a call. We'll get you right on air. Question of the day, which is going to be a weird one, but I think it's appropriate. In light of the past week's events, what would be your favorite bug out car or truck? Maybe you already own it. Maybe you're looking to get one. But in light of this past week's events, what would your favorite bug out car or truck be? B. We'll go right to the phones. Bill in Westminster, you're first today. What's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year hey, to I you. Got, Thanks, Bill. I got two questions, and, and if it, if that's okay. No, Number you're one, fine. I wanted your opinion on a new Chrysler merger with Peugeot and stuff to be the fourth largest um, uh, automaker. Uh, my first question on that is, do you think that's the end of Chrysler? And number two is, have you seen the new GM corporate logo? It came out this morning. It looks like it was designed by a sixth grader. I have not. I'm it's, looking it up right now. So it, it just came it, out this it, morning. I didn't get. I didn't look at. Oh man, it does. It's awful. Holy cow! It Who came up with that? G and it's supposed to look like an electric plug. I don't know. It, it just doesn't look very classy, very professional. But it looks ugly. It's dumb. Yeah, yeah. I, anyway, I don't like that, Bill. I, 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 yeah, I'm glad. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I hadn't looked at the, the, uh, the auto news much yet this morning. And you're right. It says the move comes as a part of a new campaign to encourage EV adoption, dubbed "Everyone In." Well, the logo's ugly. The logo is ugly. I don't know. It, it just devaluates. I, I mean, GM. Logo looked very classy, very professional, that type of stuff. I know you don't judge cars by their logos, but who wants to buy a car that has that as their logo? Anyway. Luckily, the car uh, won't, just the corporate does, but still, so I get the point. Yeah, so going back to the uh, the Chrysler merger, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you've read all that. That was just, what, a week or two ago? Yeah, and it's uh, been in the works for quite some time. So, yeah, that's, that's one of those things that's sort of been, uh, you know, gosh, Bill, they've been working on that for, I I have to go back in time, but I'll bet it's been at least six months they've been working on that. Well, will they still continue to support Ram trucks? I mean, Ram's a separate division. I know that. But, well, Ram uh, still comes under the F. So everybody listening, FCA is, is Fiat Chrysler, basically the Fiat Chrysler Corporation. So, uh, you know, Fiat Chrysler owns, of course, Fiat. They own Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, 
Uh, what am I missing, Bill? Ram. Say it again. Ram. Ram. Oh well, yeah. Sorry, Ram. Yeah, the, the, the truck side. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Yes, the the Ram side as well. I, I, in my mind, I still throw that under Dodge. I know I'm not supposed to, Bill, because I know they're two separate things, and I always get criticized for not separating them. But in my mind, they always have been Dodge trucks. They still are Dodge trucks. But yes, they are. They are. You you are. I stand corrected. Okay. They are now Ram trucks. Sort of like Hyundai did with the Genesis model. Correct. That under a- Correct. Correct. So yeah, so, anyways, anyway, that, that's all a, underneath the FCA end of things. You know, I don't, I don't know, Bill. It, it's a great question. Will you know? Will Peugeot continue to support? You know, I mean, here's the deal: Are they going to support Ram? Of course, it's their bread and butter. Are they going to support Dodge to a large extent? Yes, it's it still makes them a lot of money as well. Jeep, you know, we, we don't even talk about Jeep. Jeep is probably one of the things that's kept them on their feet, even when Fiat wasn't doing very well. You know, Ram right. truck and Jeep really kept them alive. So, are they going to keep both of those going? They would be really stupid not to and i think that's partly why that merger wanted to take place is is they know there's there's dollars you know dollars and cents there of course well do you think they'll bring Peugeot back to the united states i sure hope you know, not they... no i didn't mean i don't i'm sorry i shouldn't say that bill <laughs> yeah they were junk all they were oil leakers all the time they are and and i also understand that they're you know they're they're better today in fact if you go look at the Peugeot uh uh you know the Peugeot vehicles um, you know, they, they don't look like they used to. In fact, they've got some really good-looking vehicles that they sell on a worldwide basis. And let's face it, they wouldn't be as successful worldwide as they've been if they were building junk cars. So, you know, will they bring some of those to the U.S.? I could see—this is a little bit of a prediction here, Bill, but I could see, uh, you know, they combining some things with Chrysler and doing something along those lines, or maybe they keep the Chrysler name but put some of the Peugeot vehicles into that lineup. I see. Sort of like when Chrysler and Mercedes, you know, swap Correct. parts. Like Correct. That. I mean, will that happen? I, you know, that. I, I don't know. I mean, but I, I could see, I could see that happening. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, and, I, and by I, the way, I think, I think, Bill, as, as far as the nameplates go, I think it would benefit them. Now, I'm not saying these guys always do what's smart. We just saw that with GM and the dumb logo change. So I'm not saying that they're, you know, that, that they're. You know, they're always thinking correctly, but I would think that given the name Chrysler's had in the U.S., especially among not only the older generation, but even the younger generation, it's got a much better name going forward in this country than Peugeot does. If they were smart, if they wanted to market any of the Peugeot cars in America, they would call them Chrysler's. Okay. Well, That's my thought. Question. Good show, guys. Way to start out the new you know, year. This is great, when Bill. Thanks. Great questions. As always, appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to you. I appreciate it very much. Spartacus, down in the Springs. What's going on, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year. How you Happy doing? New Year. Quick question. Uh, New Year's Day, felt the need for speed. And the first thing that happened was the ADSB wasn't working, and then the transponder was thrown an erroneous code, and then the comms were all garbled when it was fine time before so i'm not really sure where to start which one which one of your vehicles the bmw no no no. this is a um, a cherokee 260 oh, it's on your cherokee okay oh gosh uh, is it is it acting okay now how's it running now yep last flight everything's fine everything's perfect huh and i hate gremlins that you can't replicate. Yeah, you and, you know, that's one of those issues, too, where, you know, it really wouldn't matter what vehicle we're talking about unless it's actually acting up. I mean, there are potentially some codes that could be 
stored in there previous, although if it didn't turn any lights on and they're not still on, the chances of finding something is going to be slim, I think. I'm, I'm kind of joshing. It was a run over Baghdad and Kabul in an airplane and the ADSB and transponder. <laughs> so anyway, anyway <laughs> I just wanted to get you a little bit. Second question, on uh, the clock spring underneath the steering wheel. It seems yes. to be a weak link on a lot of cars. Yes. It's kind of a pain. you got to pop the wheel in the airbag. Right. What is an appropriate ballpark price to replace that little itty bitty failure prone clock spring. I would think, and I think in most vehicles, you're probably a three hundred dollar bill or so. That's kind of what I was thinking. At least because you're you know, you're, you're, you're three hours labor, you know, two and a half three hours labor, uh, you know, to get that done. So if you look at labor rates today and where you know where they're at, yeah, you're 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 two fifty three hundred bucks pretty easily. It's kind of a pain. I think I'd rather have somebody else do it. Maybe Gino. it is a major pain. The airbag, of course, is there, and you know there's a procedure you you know you have to go through to make sure that that's disabled and all of that. So yeah, I frankly for that kind of money, I'd have it done. Last question: My brother-in-law has a uh, 500 SL with that top that comes off with four hydraulic actuators. Yes. Um, is that a pain to replace those actuators? What do you think? I've never done one of those on the Mercedes. Honestly, I I, do, I don't know. Um, I wish I could answer that one, but I don't know, and I would venture to guess there's probably only a few people listening that have ever done that that could even answer it. So if somebody out there listening knows the answer on what those actuators are like on a 500 SL, please call us. But that's not something Dave, or sorry, not Dave's our next caller. Spartacus, that's not something I've ever done. Yeah, last party thought. I think on the basis of last week's activities that our society is judged by the kind of country we leave our kids. And yes. by that measure, we haven't done a very good job. Because most conservatives have spent most of their lives working, taking care of families, taking care of their communities. But if we do not restore the rule of law and keep private property rights in focus, we're done. we won't have a country. Yeah, we're done. No, you're right. No. I can't. And this is That's not even a political statement, Spartacus. That's just the facts. If we don't do those things, we won't have a country. There's nothing political about that statement. That's a simple fact. Have a great day, Joe. Hey, you too, sir. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Dave, who is next. Dave, welcome. What's going on today, sir? Hey, I got a 2003 Chevy Trailblazer. Okay. And it's got an electrical problem. I'm just needing some guidance on okay. where to start. <laughs> right. What do you got well, going I on? Got it. When it's cold, the interior of the cabin is cold. Mm-hmm. None of the window operating buttons and the door lock don't work on the driver's door. I can still run all the windows independently off their own switches. Everything works fine. I'm going to turn the heater on, get it up to operating temperature on the engine, and then all of a sudden the controls on the driver's door start working. Okay. I I would venture to guess that's called the master switch on the driver's side for all those windows. My gut feeling would be it needs a master switch. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just didn't know where to Which go. Which is not a big test. deal to do, Dave. Actually, that's a pretty easy change, something you could do yourself even. And I okay. think Napa will probably have that master switch as well. Okay. It just sounded weird that it was temperature-related. <laughs> no, that's that's pretty normal for switches. That's that's not abnormal at all. Oh, okay. You know, they have, they have contacts that expand and contract with heat and cold and so on, and everything shrinks down when it's cold, so... No, that, that would make perfect sense, actually, as things expand, they grow, the contacts touch, and everything starts working. But when they're cold, it's all shrunk up. Okay, real good. I yep. appreciate your time. You're very Thank welcome, you. Dave. Thanks for the phone call. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Again, 303-477-5600. Question of the day is, in light of the events this past week, what would your favorite bug-out vehicle 
B. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Rates are like a roller coaster lately. Are you concerned about the future and how to protect your home? Do you want to become mortgage safe? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With home values still at their highest level ever and rates at historic lows, now may be the best time to be prepared if the economy changes. Last time, many of our friends lost their home when it was unnecessary. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Many of our clients have the ability to tap their equity should the economy change. All without having to borrow the money now. We can show you how to access your equity in these uncertain times to give you peace of mind and allow you to focus on what's important, your family. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage at 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. We are locally owned and operated since 2001. Our reputation of putting you first with straight answers and listening are unmatched in Colorado. Let us help you protect your home. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where it's all about you. Here are the three C's of high performance in less than 60 seconds. Your engine piston rings must have good compression, which makes good combustion, which saves cash at the pump. But you lose compression when piston rings clog with carbon. Today's engines use low tension rings, which clog much easier, which lowers compression, combustion, and the amount of cash in your pocket with higher fuel cost and expensive repairs. This problem can be fixed as fast as your next oil change. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine and accomplishes the three C's in just 15 minutes. It has three letters, E, P, R, as in engine performance restoration that cleans piston rings and restores compression, which increases and saves you. Find a shop with BG products BG. at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. So, at your next oil change, remember the three C's. You will find more of this in your engine and this in your pocket when you clean your engine with BG. Hi, this is Scott Watley for my friends at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. And not just my friends, but truly, the staff at Lone Tree feels like part of our family. Since 2002, they have provided the very best care for our pets. What we love about Lone Tree Vet is the services they provide covers all of our needs. From preventative care, dentistry, pain management, cardiology, dermatology, and eye care, as well as emergency and critical care. They also offer veterinary surgery and orthopedic care. And when you need to get away, they have a fantastic boarding lodge and a cat boarding lodge that is amazing. If your pet gets to go along, they can even assist you with your travel health certificates. And when your dog needs a little extra instruction, check out the K9 Academy. They helped us so much when we got a new puppy last year. And then of course, there's a spectacular grooming salon that you and your pet will love. All of this and more at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Oh, and check out the blogs to help you become a better parent at LoneTreeVet.com. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve to have a good life. Call 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. It's just one stop and all the care you need.
All right, Drive Radio KLZ 560. Thanks for joining me. Lines are open 303-477-5600. Question of the day is what vehicle, if, you know, everything went to pot, what vehicle would you want to be in or own at that time? Charlie wanted me to explain what a bug out vehicle means. So, you know, if everything went to pot, Armageddon hits, what vehicle would you want to own or be in? In that particular situation, that's really the question of the day. So what I mean by bug out is you want to bug out of town, go someplace else, you know, make sure that you can get there, whether you've got some place in the woods you're headed to or headed to see family somewhere else or whatever the case may be, what would you be driving? Again, 307-200-8222 is our text line and the main studio line, 303-477-5600. John and Cheyenne, what's up, sir? Hey, well, I'm not in Cheyenne. I'm down in Fort Collins. Can yeah. I vent real quick? That's all right. If people are afraid to drive with a little snow on the road. I know. Stay off the road. Oh, it's really man. bad, John, and it's getting worse down here because of all the transplants we've had come in. It's It really is know, bad. I grew up in New York City. We get snow. My father took me out to a parking lot when I was learning to drive on a snowy day and made me learn how to recover a vehicle in a slide and stuff. Right. You know. He did. He said, you need to know how to do this before it actually happens. But, I mean, 40 miles an hour, the, and the road wasn't even wet. I know. It was moist. I, I, I just lost my mind. The other thing is, if you have to have your wipers on any more than intermittent today, you need to go change the blades. <laughs> Am think? I right? Yeah, no, you're correct. You make me I, I laugh, though, because guy. it's so right. Uh, I go by this guy. He's in a, I, I, I hate the Colorado plates in a Subaru. He's up on the steering wheel, and he, he's got the wipers on high. And it's, it's snowing lightly, flurries, I would call it. Right. But he's got the wipers on high. Probably time. And if you don't know how to do it, every stinking auto parts place will put them on for you if you buy them there. Yep. I mean, even, you know, Napa, any of them, hey, could you put them? My wife in Texas lost a blade. She went into, I think it was Napa. They said, she said, could you put them on if I buy them? And they were like, sure, two minutes. But, John, here's what, if I had a bug out for an extended period, I'd want an old Army deuce and a half. The 10-wheel, two-and-a-half ton, uh, all-wheel drive truck. Because when I was in the service, we used to use them as tool trucks, and we'd build a seven-foot box on the back to store all our tool cabinets and tools and everything in. So you could turn that into mm-hmm. a little mini RV right. for you know right. for almost no money. But the thing is, is if you put that thing in all-wheel drive, unless you're really stupid, it's impossible to get one of those stuck because they've got about you know, I don't know maybe 18 inches of ground clearance. Right. So if you're going (laughs) to, so that's what I would bug out in plenty of room. Um, What we used to do is we would take track heaters, which ran off diesel fuel and rig one of them up in the back so we could heat the back up and then we throw nice (laughs) and then we throw sleeping bags and air mattresses on top of the tool cabinets. And instead of having to sleep in a tent or something, we had a little, our own little place to sleep when we were out in the field on maneuvers. Nice. And you could probably sleep four people in the back yeah, of one no, of those. Nice. And set it up. Nice. And, and it's an old diesel engine. I mean, they're they're rough to start when they're cold, but once you get them started, pretty bulletproof. Oh yeah, and it's the the funniest thing, John. You'll rem- and I don't know if you've ever seen one. The way the transmission shifted, 
three would be down in the middle, and then four would be down to the right. And you don't know how many people would hit that clutch and go from three to five and bog it down because they go from you know middle down to uh, right side up, and they'd hit that five, and it would just bog down. And when you were teaching guys to drive them, and I did it when I first started, Hmm. because you're just so naturally ready. You know, you go up, down, up, down, and then you get to third, and you got to go up and over and back down again. So, (laughs) John, um, take a vacation for a week. I'll talk to you in a week. All right, man. Enjoy. Have fun. Be careful, John. Thanks. All right, man. Take care. See you soon. 303-477-5600 303-477-5600 is our number. Steve in Littleton, you're next. Hey, John, this is Steve A. Um, I wanted to chime in. I got a couple of bug-out vehicles. One would be a, an older Ram with the uh, with the non-electronic ignition, you know, the old uh, valve-type one that you can run even if an EMT hit. Right, right. That, w- that would be one with a manual transmission. And then my favorite one would be, um, like a, a Fox body Mustang with a hyped up five liter and, uh, and be able be able to, uh, keep that in storage with, um, all sorts of stuff in the trunk and nobody knows who you're storing, where you're storing it. <laughs> yeah. Those, those are actually goes, pretty good cars. Pretty you'd far. have to, you know, you'd have to protect the, you know, if there was an EMP, which again, we're just, you know, talking, we're just talking to talk, you know, I'm not saying anything's yeah, coming, yeah. have no idea. This is just fun to to talk about some of these things. But, you know, I think to be prepared as well, Steve, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, we talk about it a lot even during the week on the weekly program, you know, being prepared. They're, they're not talking about being a prepper. I'm just saying be prepared in general. You, I mean, COVID hit and the stores were, were empty within, you know, hours. So, I mean, you got to be prepared no matter what's happening. And, uh, you know, but on EMP side of the fence, and there's so much, uh, how should I say this, Steve, that there's so much arguing going on in the automotive world as to what would survive an EMP and what wouldn't, that I don't know that that case is really cut and dried as to what vehicles make it and what don't. True. True. We all thought that, uh, oh, um, in 2000, everything was going to crash. So, Yeah, and it, and it did. I mean, and, of course, we didn't have an EMP, ago. but um, I don't know. You know, it, it'll be, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how that would – how that would play out, I, I don't know why. It was even before this weekend's or this last week's events. I started rewatching. I'd seen it, you know, way back in the day. But Jericho, the series where, you know, and you know, several EMPs hit across the country and, you know, nuclear uh, explosions happen and so on. And, you know, it's, and it's just kind of that fiction, fun, you know, what if and how would things, you know, how would things turn out. But I can tell you right now, Steve, even after watching a little bit of COVID and the way people have acted, uh, I, I would I would not want to be near any major city if, in fact, an EMP hit because the average person, I think, would be dead in a matter of a week. Yeah, and it's not a matter of being a tinfoil hat. No, no, it's not. I mean, some of this it's stuff a, is very—I mean, EMPs are real. They exist. Other countries have them. We have them. And for those of you listening that don't know what an EMP is, is literally it's a nuclear explosion— that happens above the ground of the earth. It never hits the earth. They explode it way up and above so that all it really ends up being, Steve, is that magnetic, to your point, magnetic pulse that happens. And anybody out there saying that couldn't happen, I, I think, is being very naive. Right. People near the blast would probably be injured, but uh, it's it's mostly a, what, a 
50, 50 mile radius, 20 yeah, mile radius? Yeah, I, I, I want to like say, that. yeah, I, and, it, and it depends on, and, and by the way, folks listening, I am not an expert when it comes to any of this. If some of you out there are, yeah, feel free I. to call in because I, I am not an expert in that type of warfare, Steve. But no, I, I think you're, I think you're very correct in what you're saying that the actual, you know, damage, physical damage done is, is very minor and, as far as the explosion itself and how far they, you know, how far they exploded above the earth, but that that electronic pulse wave that goes out and knocks out all of the electronic devices, you know, in a in a much much larger mile radius. Uh, yeah, let's face it, Steve. We've got people that can't function if their cell phone's not charged up. How in the world would that, you know, how would they function <laughs> if that happened? Exactly. I, you know, I'm being a little a little bit funny, yeah. but I, I don't think I am, Steve. I mean, there are people no, out I'm there not. that literally don't have enough food inside of their cupboard to make it more than a few days. Yeah, there's people that that are wearing Velcro um, tied shoes because they really can't probably figure out or too. They really to probably it. can't tie, tie it. No, Steve, you are again not making fun. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just no. It's no. It's it just it is what it is. And and my fear is is that you know even on vehicles that. You know, there's so many people that rely on certain things on a daily basis that if all of a sudden there's a huge disruption there, how do they live life? Yeah, exactly. Hey, off that uh, doom and gloom subject, but uh, <laughs> speaking of two things, your show during the week, I love it. Thank you. This is the first time I've ever called in. Thank you. And uh, I love listening to your show. Good, Thank you. Good stuff. Appreciate um, that. You bet. And then the other one is, speaking of 24-valve Cummins. Yes. <laughs> Or Cummins, I should say. I, my my fuel gauge. Just a quick question. My fuel gauge is erratic. Okay, yep. Yep. it's full. It's half full. It's quarter full. Pretty soon my light is on, and I got to run to the fuel station. Right. You know. So my question is, and I heard one time on a drive radio, you talking to a guy. He said that he replaced his lift pump or something, and it corrected it. I don't or, think the lift or, pump's going to, and, and I, I don't remember that particular call, but I'd be hard-pressed to believe the lift pump would have anything to do with the gauge. The gauge itself, and I have a, my, mine in my truck. I've got an older 2004 unit uh, that I picked up here recently, and you know that one has a very slow fuel gauge, so I understand fully what you're talking about. My guess is that's in the sending unit itself, not the gauge on the dash. Okay, okay. I just just checking. I do want to um, do like an air dog or something on this thing. So they they work but, really well. I mean, you know, they're, they're, you know, the, the only thing that you know, again, I'm only, my only caution on all of that sort of stuff, and kind of goes back to the conversation we just had a moment ago. The more we complicate any system, if there is something that we now have to rely on for transportation down the road, it becomes that much more, uh, you know, delicate. I guess you could say we're, we're making it less robust rather than more robust. True. Less bug out. That's right. That's the only True. issue with that. I mean, not not saying there's anything wrong with it. Just just keep that in the back of your mind. True. I sure appreciate you, John. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it very much as well. Thanks for calling, Mark and Wiggins. Jeff in Montana, hang tight. We'll come right back. We got a line open three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You never enjoy going to the dealership for maintenance because you always get the runaround. 
you'd much rather give your business to a local independent shop, but you assume you have to go back to the dealership to maintain your service contract. You bought the vehicle there, so you need to get it maintained there too, right? Wrong! Extreme Auto Repair in Parker will honor almost all service contracts. You pay your deductible just like you would at the dealership, and Extreme Auto Repair does the work. Two-time AAA award-winning shop of the year, Extreme Auto Repair in Parker does their best to make your life easier by offering everything you need to maintain your vehicle for as long as you drive it. Fill out the contact form at klzradio.com extreme to find out whether or not Extreme Auto Repair will honor your dealership service contract. Promises kept. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. You want to protect your classic car in the event of an accident on the way to a car show or a surprise Colorado hailstorm, but you shouldn't insure your classic car the same way you'd insure your everyday vehicle. Paul Lanigro and his team at Group Insurance Analysts will get you the right coverage for your classic car. Just like with any other form of insurance, Paul and his team at GIA will shop the entire market at no extra charge, hunting for the right coverage at the best price. Remember, GIA works for you, not a specific insurance company, so they have more options. Unlike other forms of insurance, though, you should not insure your classic car based on cash value. You've put a lot of work into that car, so the real value far exceeds the book price. GIA will make sure your vehicle is insured up to a stated value to protect your investment. Get the right insurance from GIA. Call 303-423-0162. Hi, this is Al Smith with Golden Eagle Financial. You're listening to John Rush on Drive Radio because you want to do what's best for your automobile. As a financial advisor who specializes in retirement planning, I help people do what's best for their finances as they enter or prepare for that next phase in their lives. Events like 2008 and COVID-19 have had devastating consequences for many people's retirement savings. A healthcare crisis can derail a well-planned retirement if it's not taken into consideration. When I meet with my clients, we talk about protected growth of their assets and how careful planning can address unforeseen circumstances. For a Zoom meeting with me, Al Smith, or a visit to my office with social distancing, call 303-744-1128 or visit my website, goldeneaglefinancialltd.com. Advisory services offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Lines are full. As soon as somebody jumps off, give us a call. We'll get you right on air, 303-477-5600. Mark out in Wiggins, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for calling, sir. So I have a question, but I wanted to answer the uh, question of the day. Yes. Of a, a bug-out vehicle, which I don't own. It's a dream vehicle that uh, the H1 Hummer... Yes, a, uh, my, that is a dream vehicle of mine as well, Mark. 
6.6 liter, they still manufacture them. Actually, there's a company called VLF, so Victor Lima Foxtrot Automotive.com, where you can get it with pretty much anything, including probably bulletproof paneling and bulletproof glass and, you know, some pretty wicked stuff. I, you know and, what? Uh, you just, you told, I just learned something today. I didn't know they were still making them, but you, I just went to the website. You're correct. That's pretty awesome. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, they're, they're labeled as an off-road vehicle, so you, I don't think you're allowed to get tags and, and drive them on the road, technically. Uh, but you can get it pretty much customized with heat, AC, pretty much lights covering the whole thing if you need to. I and see that. I thought, you know, one of those with a set of Mack tracks, you know what those are. Yep. Uh, you'd, you'd be able to get just about anywhere with no problem whatsoever with a family of four. You know, the other, th- the other thing that they make is a, looks to me like very close to a Dodge Viper replica. Yep. I yeah, didn't know that. that and there's one other vehicle I can't remember the, the uh, name. Des- Destino right. V8. Hang on, I'm looking at it real quick. I can't. I don't. I don't know. It's it's loading up right now. I don't know what that vehicle actually is. Um, some sort of another. Some sort of sports car. 638 horsepower vehicle. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. You know what? I didn't know about this company, Mark. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the tip. I didn't know about them. Yes, sir. So, and then uh, that would have been my dream vehicle for. For whatever it's worth. Well, you know, and real quick, Mark, I'm gonna stop for just one second. The the H ones, by the way, back in the day, and I know they were expensive even back in the day. Why a lot of folks didn't own them, they were big. But I tell you what, if you'd have bought one back in the day and kept it, you'd have doubled your money by now because that's how much used ones are bringing. Oh, and driving ones a monster too. They are. I've driven them. They are. They are just. But it is cool. They just have a cool factor. It is. It's definitely. But my question would be. Um, so my family and I were thinking in the future about, uh, camping, camp trips and, okay. and the like, and I, I tried to just start from a, uh, perspective of a towing vehicle to sure. the camper side. And now my wife wants to go from the camper size to the tow vehicle. So I said, okay, well, what are you going to be comfortable with? And she's like, well, I like my vehicle because it has the adaptive cruise control. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I don't know if they make any trucks. Yeah. yeah. Most all do now. Cruise. Actually, if you bet, you know, you, you've got to stay fairly new. I think uh, Ram, I want to say 2019 and newer. I'm not sure on Chevrolet, and I know Ford also has adaptive cruiser. I believe they do. I know Ram does because my Ram actually has that. So, yeah, there's a lot of new vehicles, new trucks now, Mark, that do have adaptive cruise control. So you do have the RAM. So do you use the adaptive cruise control at all? I don't. You know what? Now that you say that, no, I don't. Even on vehicles I test drive on a routine basis that have adaptive cruise, I, I'm not much of a cruise guy, period. Now, I will say if I'm out on the open road and you're traveling someplace, do I use adaptive cruise? Yes. But, you know, you've got to get me, you know, 50 miles away from the city where the speed's going to be fairly that you know, fairly the same all the way through, and yeah, at that point, I will actually use it. But otherwise, I'm not a cruise guy. I'll never use it in the mountains. Oh, oh! Well, I tell you what, uh, running running the big trucks, uh, I, I had a big big difference in experience as far as driving the manuals with sloppy transmissions versus some of the new uh, air ride tractors with uh, adaptive cruise control. And and the difference was is I, I didn't feel as involved. Um, I like a manual transmission. Mm-hmm. But what I did notice was the fatigue was drastically different. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I, that that I could. And, and just as a as a side note, yeah, th- those those new tractors, uh, 
Mark, wow, what what advancements they have made on the driver comfort level there, which, you know, a lot of folks don't like the new stuff because they, they say it's just not as, as great as the old stuff. But in, in your world and what you're talking about, I would totally disagree. Yeah, it, it made a big difference. I mean, the comfort, the, the amenities, the, how it was laid out, everything, it, it made a big difference. Yep. So that's why I was asking about the newer trucks because I hadn't – Really had a whole They're the same way. I mean, I, I've that, got that old 2004 Mark that I still love to drive. It's great. It's got the 5.9, and it's just a fun vehicle to drive. But, you know, comfort level, I can I can take, you know, I can hop out of that and jump in a, a new 2019, to, you know, 2020 of any of them, you know, whether that be a Ram, Chevy, or Ford. And, but you know, I get in my new Ram, and, oh, my word, it's, it's you know, it, it's amazing how much 15 years makes. It's just night and day. So as far as uh, like an e- engine recommendation, uh, would you stick with uh, the the largest turbo diesel? Yeah, I'm a diesel uh, guy. Um, I just that's just me. Uh, I know there's some great you know new gas engines out on all of the lineups that you know they work really well. But I'm I'm a diesel guy. I just think for you know longevity and the pulling power, especially at our elevation, there's just really nothing else in my opinion that compares. And, you know, on the Ram side, I'm a fan of the 3500 uh, truck with the larger horsepower engine and the ASIN. I think that's, I, that's how I pronounce it. I don't know if that's correct, but the ASIN transmission, which is very similar to, you know, the Allison's, uh, it's a pretty bulletproof truck at that point on the Ram side. Of course, you know, Chevrolet has a 6.6 and the Allison, and then Ford has their 6.7 with their comparable you know, Allison transmission as well. So they, they all compete very well, Mark. It really comes down anymore, and I say this to everybody, whatever you like for creature comforts and accessories on the truck and how you fit in the truck, it really comes down to that more so than anything else because they're all very, very comparable. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Mark. I appreciate the phone call. I, I really do. Eldon, is, oh, no, sorry, Jeff was next. Jeff in Western Montana. Jeff, you're next. What's going on, sir? Hey, good morning. Morning. Um, How are you doing, Jeff? Thanks for calling. You bet. Uh, I'm not an expert on electromagnetic pulses by any means, but I uh, work on a lot of electronics, and it makes me curious about that kind of stuff. So um, an EMP is actually three different pulses. Um, The E1 is very, very short. I mean, we're talking, I think, picoseconds. What did you just say? It's what seconds? Pico. I mean, Pico. So that's less than yeah, nano? Yes. Okay. Didn't know that. Okay. Another, another three decimal uh, places over. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's very, very, very short and very intense. And that's, that's caused, I think, if I remember right, by the um, gamma rays. They just come off right, real quick and okay. I mean, it's, it's just instantaneous. Okay. Um, and so you have to protect against that. And then you have the E2, which is really more like lightning. Okay. It's, uh, pertur- it's perturbing the electrons, and it's more intense than lightning, but characteristically, that's about what it is. And then you have the E3, and the E3 is very, very long. I mean, it measures in minutes, and it can go over power lines and get amplified mm. and sucked into your house and everything. Mm. And so protection against that is completely different than the protection against the other two. Sure. And so um, you have to protect against all three. Um, the buildings in Cheyenne Mountain had waveguides built into the doorways, so you had to turn 90 degrees and then 90 degrees again. So an EMP couldn't get inside the building when they were all grounded and everything. Hmm. Um, but uh, in terms of in terms of what what we can do, 
Um, it, that's very elaborate, and there's a lot of experts in the field. I don't know that. But when you're talking about it, you have to talk about three, protecting against the three different types of pulses. I did not know that. You're, you're, again, you're teaching me something I didn't know. That's awesome. Right. And, and a little, little known fact is I think it was in the 50s. It might have been the 60s. There was a B-52 over the southeast portion of the United States, inadvertently lit up its electron warfare suite and caused massive colonizers temporarily um, across the spectrum because of the way that they, uh, because of the capability they had. So in other words, um, us talking about this, we're not all crazy that this stuff is real and can happen. Oh, yeah, and it, and it would be very widespread. I mean, one or two at the right altitude could take out, you know, one over each coast could take it out. Uh, take out everything, yeah. uh, or mostly everything. Um, and then for a bug-out vehicle, uh, I have more questions on it than answer. And, and the question for me is, I mean, the application is going to depend on the person, but my concern for that, as it is for um, emergency power for my house, is refueling. What's the best fuel to have? Because you're only going to be able to go three, 400 miles max right. on something. So so then what do you need, you know, um you know, gas stations for gasoline and diesel, you're going to have to be able to pump it out because right. they're not going to have any pump capability. That's right. Now, you're going to have to have the um, ability to, you know, I mean, again, we're talking really wildish things and not advocating any of this. This is, this is just fun fiction right. things to talk about, Jeff. But, yeah, you'd have to have the ability to break into the actual outside tank, put a hose down inside of it with, a you know, some sort of a suction device to suck out either fuel, you know, diesel fuel or gas. I, for one, would say that I still think that, Having a diesel is better than a gas engine because you can still take relatively, you know, well-known substances that are out there and turn that into diesel fuel with your own still, basically, and are not hard to make. A little bit of, of uh, you know, uh, uh, ingenuity and, and, you know, studying YouTube. It's not hard to figure out how to actually make a still to make diesel fuel. In fact, there's a lot of folks out there that make their own, you know, you know biofuel is what we call it. For me, longevity-wise, that would be the way to go because it's a fuel you can continue on your own to make, where gasoline, you have to refine it to make it. Right, and it's going to go bad after six months or so. Yeah, you know, the most you could probably get out of gasoline if it's kept, you know, uh, you know air-free and, and with some treatment and so on, which you'd have plenty of treatment around to do. Uh, you know, you could probably get a year, but after that, yeah, it gets really, you know, it's really dicey. You're, you're not going to have fuel after a year unless you've got the ability to make new. Yeah, and my thought, but you can't make this, but my thought, like for um, emergency power, propane was my fuel of choice, propane or not. Yeah, propane, you know, if you had a big enough tank for, for, you know, to run the the house and stuff on, I mean, because natural gas, I think, will go for a little while, although not long, you just have to pump it. Um, People forget that. There are pumping stations for natural gas. I mean, you know, fluid only runs a certain uh, length until you actually have to keep pumping it again. And, and, you know, know, even, even when that gas is compressed... Uh, they, you know, they still have to pump it out. I mean, that's that's how it works. We know that. And propane will be around. You know, there's plenty of it in storage, so you have to figure out how to get that out of storage and, you know, be able to attain it. But, you know, eventually all those resources run dry. So uh, about the only thing you really could continue to run uh, and the way to do a generator would be to run a multi-fuel unit so that if you had to switch over to diesel fuel, you could. Hmm. That's what well, I would great. say. Now, now, now I'm smarter. Well, thanks. No, I appreciate that. I am too, Jeff. Thanks for the call. It's always a joy talking to you. We'll take a quick break. Joe and Aurora, Eldon and Aurora also hang tight. We'll come right back. And uh, this is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. 
From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, and every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. RoofMax in South Aurora keeps your roof going strong with roof rejuvenation. Modern asphalt shingles are manufactured with less oil than they used to be, so they dry out sooner, leaving them brittle and unable to expand and contract with the extreme temperature swings. Especially here on the Front Range where your roof handles high elevation sun, UV exposure, and severe spring and summertime storms, along with more than twice the national average snowfall, your shingles wear out even faster. Roof rejuvenation with RoofMax could save you up to 85%. Just one application of their all-natural bio-oil immediately adds five years to your roof, guaranteed. With up to three applications every five years, RoofMax could help your roof last 15 years longer. Save thousands of dollars by extending the life of your roof instead of replacing it. Call Dave Hart with RoofMax in South Aurora now at 303-710-6916. Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance will make you financially whole. Losing your home or vehicle in a disaster will leave an emotional impact, no matter how much insurance you buy. But it doesn't need to hurt you financially. John Rush personally knows homeowners who have ended up in bankruptcy because they didn't have proper insurance. Even after their houses were completely destroyed, they still had to make mortgage payments. Imagine trying to find a new place to live while still paying a mortgage on your old house, which no longer exists. The same thing has happened to vehicle owners who continue to make payments on totaled vehicles because they didn't have enough coverage to make them financially whole. The personal insurance agent of John Rush, Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance, will make sure that even in a disaster, you will be made financially whole. Call 303-662-0789 for the coverage you expect. Top auto manufacturers admit that today's high-tech engines, on average, can use a quart of oil every thousand miles. Why? To meet the government's fuel economy mandates, they use the faster-moving, low-tension piston rings that can clog quickly, reducing power, causing poor fuel economy. The performance oil service from BG Products cleans piston rings and restores the fuel system. And it's backed up with lifetime protection for the engine. Ask your service advisor about the BG Performance Oil Service or go to BGFindashop.com. That's BGFindashop.com. BG. John Rush personally uses Novus Autoglass to maintain his fleet of company trucks. All of his trucks tend to be in the same place at the same time on Friday mornings. So every Friday morning without fail, John's local Novus guy comes by to check all of the windshields on his company fleet. That's at least 50 different windshields. On the spot, any new little chip or crack gets immediately repaired. Since John self-insures his glass repair and replacement, Novus offers him a discounted cash price. Even more importantly, John saves a lot of money in the long run by repairing those chips and cracks immediately instead of waiting to replace all of those windshields down the road. He'd much rather pay $40 or $50 per vehicle for regular repairs than pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars to replace each of those windshields. Take care of your company vehicles. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and schedule regular maintenance for your fleet. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. 
All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Eldon in Aurora, you're next. Eldon, welcome. Howdy. How are you doing this morning? Good, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I had a question about my 2019 CRV. Okay. And uh, I'm a big believer in oil changes, like most of us older people are. And uh, I change over 5,000 miles on it. Okay. And, the, and I've got 15,000 miles. Well, I drained out the oil the other day, and I got more oil than I put in. I went to Honda with that, and they tell me that's normal. And that's kind of a worrisome thing. It don't sound normal to me. Okay, so you, you drained out more than you put in. How much? Oh, about a half quart. And, and where are they telling you that's coming from? That sounds Gasoline. odd to me. Gasoline. So they're... Because of the type of injection it has. The direct injection. Gasoline yep. Well, and that could be... You know, they could be correct, although I think a, ha- a half a quart sounds like a lot uh, to me. It does to me, too. I mean, after all... You're only running 20, 0, 20 synthetic oil. Right. And then when you dilute it more, the oil's not really, it, it really can't do the job it's supposed to be doing. Anyway, that's my thoughts on it. Well, that, that's, that's a lot of dilution. That, that's my opinion on that. That's a lot of dilution. Yeah, I took the, I even took in the oil I drained out showed it to them, and they pulled up a, a bulletin from uh, Honda that says that's perfectly normal. Yeah, and I, I, I looked it up, and, and Honda says oil dilution in the Civic and CRV 1.5 engine is rare and that the company is acting to provide peace of mind for its customers. Honda has also issued an update to these CRV models and is notifying owners in cold weather states, which we are, to bring their vehicles to dealers for repair. So I don't think your dealer is telling you everything you need to know, Eldon. That's kind of what it sounds like to me, too. I uh, uh, just wondered if you had heard anything about You know what? Until you just brought it to my attention, I had not, although there's, you know, you know, you know how many makes and models that are on the road now. So anytime somebody does, I start doing research, and I know from that point forward. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. I did not know that, and... I will also tell you from what I'm reading right now that, no, that is not normal, and it sounds like the dealers or the manufacturers, I should say, are, are trying to find a fix for that, and I think your dealer was just trying to pacify you. Well, I think so, too. Uh, from what I've read, this started in about 16... 2017, it says. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no you're right. On a CRV 2016, you're correct. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, you, you, you are correct, and everything I'm reading, you're you're right on the money, and it's not... Correct, and I think I would make sure that you're well documented on that on the warranty side because it is saying here that Honda's going to take care of warranties down the road if there is any issues. But yeah, they know there's a problem, and your dealer is not telling you that correctly. Well, that's what I thought too. Uh, Honda, real quick, Eldon, Honda's also now providing you an extra year of coverage from the time of purchase on that vehicle itself with no mileage limits. Oh really? Yes. So well, they so that, trust me, they know there's an issue or they wouldn't be issuing that. So your your dealer is that, not telling you the truth. 
That's that sounds right. Yeah, I, uh, you know, the I, I like the car. Uh, I've had two of them, and uh, the the idea is good on the car, but I don't like the, what they're telling me. I don't like what they're telling you either, because the dealer is not not being accurate in what they're telling you. And I would again have that documented. Granted, you're getting the extra year now from the manufacturer, anyways. But yeah, no, that that's that's not normal. It sounds like Honda knows that, and they're trying to fix it. Okay, well that sounds good. I appreciate and, it, uh, Eldon. Thanks for the call very okay. much, and I did not know that. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. All right, Joe, uh, we've got about three minutes left before the top of the hour. If I don't get everything answered, we'll take you at the top of the hour as well. What's going on, sir? Hello, Joe. Oh, hi. I didn't know. You, I didn't hear you. Yeah, I, I listened to you for years and got a lot of good tips, but the guy that wanted his um, his vehicle to be a deuce and a half. Yes. When I when I was in the Marine Corps, I drove ammo, and I had a five-ton, which is just similar. Right. And I used to, I used to sleep on the roof um, in between the bows on the canvas, and it was the most comfortable sleep I ever wow. had in the Marine Corps. Well, amazing. Yeah, that's just all I had to say. Well, I appreciate your service, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That's pretty good. No, I appreciate that. Thanks for for calling. Question of the day is, what is your favorite, I call it bug out, so if, you know, everything, you know, just hits the fan and you got to go someplace and, you know, the world goes to crap and we, we have real major issues in this country, what is going to be your vehicle of choice when it comes to, uh, you know, staying safe and doing what you need to do to keep your family safe and all of that. What is your your bug-out vehicle is what I'm calling it. What's your favorite bug-out vehicle? I had a lot of great choices in this first hour. we got two more hours coming your way. Uh, we got one line open is all now, 303-477-5600. You can also text us at 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222. Don't forget, if you miss anything that we talk about here, you can always catch our podcast. They are listed on the website, drive-radio.com. Drive-radio.com is the website. All right, folks, we'll be right back. Hour number two is next. Myself, Charlie, and Larry Unger will be back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com, email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.